country that grants their citizens constitutional rights or legal rights that they then decline and refuse to teach their yeah. citizens about has not granted any rights or protections at all. That's Reb Maisel. I'm Cara Duffy, and this is the Powerful Ladies Podcast. Well, I would love to just jump in and tell everyone your name, where you are in the world, and what you're up to. My name is Reb Maisel. I am in California in the United States of America. I am a practicing attorney. I am a creator on TikTok. I am the host of a podcast called Rebuttal. I am a sister. I am a multitasker. I am 50 million places at once. (laughs) Yeah, we were just talking about how it has felt like a month every day in the past week. I had a client I talked to yesterday and I hadn't talked to them since maybe Thursday. And I was like, where have you been? Like, were you on vacation? What's happening? They're like, it was just a regular week. I'm like, oh, it was just a week. It did not feel like a week in my world. (laughs) No, absolutely not. I feel like I live several different lives every Tuesday. Yeah. Well, let's just start with the being attorney part. How did you decide to become an attorney? Is that what eight-year-old you imagined? And How is it different than what you expected? I did not decide to become an attorney until about six months before my first day of law school. Uh, And even then, I was like, well, this is a fun, right? Try and error. We'll see how this works out. My plan as an eight-year-old was to be a veterinarian, of course, right? Loved animals, thought that was what I was going to do. And then to my shock and horror and surprise, you need to know science um, to do that. It's not really so much an empathy, right, yeah. <laughs> driven field like it is. But um, the science and math, probably you should you should tackle first. Um, that was devastating. I always loved to read. I was always really good at school. I loved school. I still love school. Um, and I was good at it. As a kid, I was good at it. So I thought, I don't know what I want to do. Veterinarians out. I am just going to go to school for as long as I can. I'll go to grad school after college. I'll get my master's in history. I'll write a book. I'll read some books. I'll marry rich, you know, like all of the (laughs) options that could possibly be available to me Mm -hmm. other than just a job I hated. Um, And my senior year of college, my roommate, um, who is now my best friend, Talia, she's an attorney now too, she uh, brought home some LSAT study books. And I, I said, what's that? She's like, oh, you should, yeah, you should take the LSAT. Aren't you good at reading and writing? And I said, I mean, not to toot my own horn, but, a, <laughs> but yeah. So uh, that was, yeah, the rest is history. And, 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 and to your question about how it compares to what I was expecting, this honestly, I think is what I was expecting when you're someone who had no expectations at all going into it. My parents aren't attorneys. No one in my family are attorneys. I didn't have friends who were attorneys. No, I was the first of my, of my, I was the pioneer of all of everyone I knew, uh, which, which as it just someone, my own personality, I thrive in that environment. I love launching myself into new things. So every day is a new experience. Every day is a new fun uh, lesson and classroom. Every courtroom is a classroom, ultimately. And are you on um, prosecution, defense? What type of attorney are you? 
primarily defense in civil, civil defense litigation right And now. for people who have uh, no idea what that means, what does that mean? So that is the general answer that I give people when I don't want to get into it for 20 minutes, right? Every If you're an attorney listening, you're probably thinking civil defense litigation, that could be anything, right? It's like mm -hmm. saying, oh, what fruit do you like? I like fruit. Okay, we'll be specific. Um, civil defense litigation is, is where, right, anyone filing a lawsuit in civil mm -hmm. court, uh, the people who are on the other side of it, the defendants, sometimes may or may not be represented by me. However, I do also do some plaintiff's work. Sometimes my clients decide that they want to file some stuff, file some suits. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'm a co-defendant, right? I'm representing a co-defendant in a very large lawsuit. I do everything from, I mean, wrongful death litigation to products liability, helicopter crashes, right? Helicopters mm -hmm. going down in the middle of nowhere. No, it wasn't Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, and 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 defending one of the manufacturers involved in mm -hmm. in building that helicopter in one bolt from the helicopter or employment, employment yeah. litigation, breach of contract, mergers. I do IP, trademark, patent litigation as well. I am very much, um, I wouldn't necessarily say a jack of all trades, more just like a gal of all trades <laughs> well, against my will or otherwise. <laughs> well, what I think is really interesting is that most attorneys I know are so specific and they're in such a unique place and you're so broad what you're covering. That to me sounds way more fun than having to like just do patents or just do, you know, fill in the blank employment law. Not that those areas aren't interesting as well, but Part of what I love about what I do is getting to go across different people and projects and things and learn along the way because there's always commonalities between different things in a, in a space, but the different nuances and the people and the story behind it, that's what gets interesting Interesting for me. Do you feel Absolutely. the same way? Yeah. <laughs> Beyond, I mean, my, my head is aggressively nodding. I, you are my person, you are my people. <laughs> that is also one of the reasons why I decided to go gung-ho with law school. It wasn't just the fact that I loved school and, and you know, uh, my LSAT score ended up being great. I ended up getting a, a scholarship, you know, like it, like it financially, it worked out for me um, mm -hmm. and, and logistically it did. But also everything I had in mind for myself and my future in five years and 10 years and 20 years always had an element of change. It always mm -hmm. allowed me to change yeah. if I didn't like something. That is, is, since I was out of the womb, as my mom would say, that is everything that is true and core to my being is I love, tr I love trying new things. I love trying a lot of different things. I love dabbling in things, um, but I don't want to be stuck and I don't want to get bored. The moment I get bored with something, mm -hmm. uh, I, I'm either zero or 100% and it goes to zero very quickly. And being an attorney, what obviously anyone doesn't realize who isn't actually an attorney and doesn't go through law school the same way I wouldn't realize how many different types of doctors and, 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 you know, medical care professionals there are without going to medical school. I could name probably a few, probably a lot, but not all of them. Yeah. Same with being an attorney. You go into law school and look around and realize that you could be 500 different attorneys, yeah. depending on what path you choose. And at any point you could say, mm, hate this, flip a 180. And, and circle it back and figure it out and go back to square one. Um, and that was what I wanted to do 
from day one. And that hasn't changed. Even when my bosses ask me, my colleagues ask me, you know, oh, you know, what's your niche? Like, what are you, what are you leaning towards? I'm like, life, just anything. <laughs> I'm like, anything, right? Anything yeah. and all. Because, you know, my, the most valuable thing that I ever learned in my life from zero to now and the most valuable thing that I learned through law school and through being an attorney is never finding out what I love. It's always finding out what I don't enjoy or what I hate first, because yeah. then it narrows it down and it's always going to push you toward the path that you love. I found out areas of law that I despise, but thankfully know about now and know how to do now. And it's such a great skill to have in, in a meeting when everyone goes, uh, I don't know anything about bankruptcy and I have to go unfortunately, I, I can give you some pointers. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think what's also really interesting about your approach is that you're bringing humor into law and sharing it with people. I have lawyer friends who will tell me like the stories on the side that are completely ridiculous. But I love that you are bringing it to the public because I think there's an illusion that court of law and attorneys on both sides and judges and everyone who's in the room, it's like very serious and professional. This is serious business. I just recently saw one of your TikToks that said you're talking about a court, a case in Orange County, which is where I live. And the the public defender, I think, said, like, how can you expect me to know what I'm supposed to be doing? This is my second case. And I was like, what? That's, who? What? I think the yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. The exact <laughs> quote was the fact that you think I have any idea what I'm doing is honestly offensive. Like literally yeah. legitimately, I'm offended. Yeah. Watch yeah. yourself. Keep it cute because I am flying by the seat of my pants. And and being an attorney is that most of the time. I yeah, I I, I the the humor brought to the law, me bringing the humor to the law is I think a fallacy. I did nothing. All I did was open a window to the shenanigans already happening inside. Everyone on my side of the fence and in my field knows that this is how it's been since the dawn of time. I have a, I saved a transcript the other day from uh, like, you know, something thousand BC, like, like ACBC, what, right? Like Egyptian level, like <laughs> time. And it was like basically a court reporter transcribing in Arabic. And the translation was something along the lines of too much. A lot of things were said, but nothing important enough to write down. Like nothing <laughs> at all was said. I mean, this has been happening things, it, it, the mm -hmm. law and case law and disputes and mediations and being an attorney mm -hmm. and being a defendant and being a juror and being a judge yeah. is so unserious, even though it's one of the most serious and, and you know, um, areas of, of job and practice mm -hmm. and in our system and our society that is so esteemed as it as it should be right. The integrity mm -hmm. of it is very important and we should all be striving to build it back up to yeah. something better always. Um, but how can we even survive as attorneys if we didn't have a good giggle, if we didn't have a good laugh? Yeah. And who do you think is are in those courtrooms? The majority of the people in courtrooms are not attorneys, not judges. They're witnesses. They're regular yeah. people. They're jurors. They're defendants. And they're yeah. hilarious. They're so mm -hmm. great. <laughs> I am one of those weird people who like jury duty, but I think it's because I secretly 
I'm always like, maybe I should go to law school. That sounds fun. Like I'm the sicko like you who's like, I love school. I love learning. What we have to read a lot. You want me to write things? No problem. And being working in business and being a business coach, I see so many areas where I have a lawyer that I love and refer to a lot of people in the corporate space. But there's it blows my mind what a gap there is in basic understanding of contracts, of what agreements need to be. I'm so thankful for all the business law classes I did take in school because I just, and I think part of like what's the nonsense in society is that stretching gap of people knowing what the law actually is versus what everyone says it is. How do you balance translating that for your clients every day? And do you lose your mind seeing what people say in the media? Because you're like, that's not even what the law actually is. Uh, well, <laughs> yes, of course. Right. Losing my mind is going to be a given. Uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, the the fact that so many massive news organizations don't have maybe a five minute moment to 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 make a phone call to an attorney to a consultant to any type Mm -hmm. of anyone they know it doesn't even have to be someone you have to pay like you y'all don't have friends where you could call up and go hey could you read this court opinion and make sure that my article makes sense and like oh my god yeah no problem Uh, it's shocking to me that they never i mean truly they never do it they never do that they get so many things inaccurate blatantly wrong or they construe things that that just don't make sense or or you read this article and you think wow this law sounds horrible and then you read the actual law attached at the bottom and go oh that's not it at all uh happens all the time and mm-hmm. happens in every field i think right any yeah. article you see written about even you know stem computer code crypto i mean <laughs> slanderous ones about crypto i look they're funny um you know a medical field right anything like that everyone everyone yeah. has to grit their teeth and bear it right? Everyone who's actually mm-hmm. in the field. But but I do think that the reason why I became an attorney and the reason why I love it both hand in hand is because being an attorney is not so much being the smart one in the room, being the one who knows everything and anything all the time and just, oh, let me take it from here. Being an attorney to its core is using what you know, your best skills. My best skills were school, right? Mm-hmm. I Every day of being an attorney is school. I learn, I consume, I mm-hmm. memorize, I, I regurgitate, and I argue information that I have studied that has been drilled into my brain. And I use what I'm good at to turn to my client, to turn to someone who's not paid to know this, to turn to mm-hmm. someone who shouldn't know this, to turn to someone who has no reason to even have access to some of this information, right? I, I spent uh, way too much money, way too much time in school to have everything be Googleable. Let me tell you. And I am able to turn to that person and explain it to them in a way that makes sense and in a way that will calm their fears or in a way that will at least make sure they know what the hell is going on. Mm-hmm. And the best attorneys, in my mind, in my honest opinion, are not those who know everything. They're the ones who are able to explain extremely high-level, complex legal concepts Mm -hmm. to a five-year-old and have them understand it. And so I think that at its core, being an attorney is, is way too exclusive. I think that we should have a mandatory K through 12 class 
several classes, but the if we want to pick one, criminal procedure on your rights, mm -hmm. your basic constitutional rights when you're speaking to police, when you're talking to law enforcement, how do you file a lawsuit, right? What are the basic mm -hmm. steps? What laws in your state are just yeah. generic would impact you? I any any high school student, 14 through 18, could have very mm -hmm. easily sat in on on any of my law school classes and understood the information. Absolutely. Yeah. And you can consolidate. I mean, I'll teach a damn class. I yeah. it, it fires me up because the lack of knowledge and awareness mm -hmm. of the legal system, laws, constitutional rights is not the person's. It's never the person's fault. I never fault anyone for not understanding, you know, but even basic principles of contract, yeah. of law, anything, because where in our education yeah. or society have we prioritized that knowledge? We don't because right not for you when in reality yeah. so many of these problems and issues are so self-help you could totally help yourself if you would have been given the tools to know it and to succeed in it or to at least you know find your resources to be able to know more um and so i think that from there in law school from starting from there learning all of the things i didn't know zero to yeah. 22 years old yeah. pissed me off mm -hmm. and I think it kind of translated over to TikTok. And, you know, I, I absolutely can't and will not give legal advice over TikTok. I right. do have a bar license I would like to keep. I do have ethical <laughs> obligations. I can't just do that willy nilly. But, I, you know, when I'm when I'm talking about cases or on my podcast, um, when I'm talking about legal concepts, even though it might not be for everyone, my delivery, mm -hmm. right? My, I, I say the F word a lot. I cuss a lot. I use analogies that make no that make no sense to some people. I use humor in every aspect of everything I do, not because I, I want to be cute and kitschy. It's because people absorb that and they understand mm -hmm. it. And it's something that they can relate to and something that to them makes a light bulb go off and they go, oh, this actually is super easy. And I totally understand that. Thank you. And then they take it on to someone else. If that's all I did yeah. in my life, I would be fulfilled. It's why when I saw you on TikTok, I sent it to my team and said, she has to be on the podcast because why aren't more people, one, mad that people don't know basic things that are how we're supposed to be using the laws to our advantage and protection that we just don't know. And the approach to it, like, I'm glad you're mad about it. Like, I want more people to be mad that people don't know their basic fundamental rights and it's, of course, skewed based on economics, based on race, because in the typical family that can protect themselves in quotes, they might have had a lawyer in the family. Their parents may have been a lawyer or they would have had exposure to some of those rights in a different way. And it's so I don't think people realize how skewed things can be just because you don't have the information and you don't have the access. And absolutely every, every day, the two areas that people freak out about in in my circle anyway, are about taxes and about the law of their businesses. And they will have full meltdowns about like, are, is the am I going to go to tax jail? And I'm like, you didn't do anything except file late. They don't put you in jail for that. There might be a fine, but you're going to be okay. <laughs> like there's so much we don't know what we don't know that everyone just melts down and then takes no action instead. Right. Uh, well, my honest opinion soundbite on that mm -hmm. is simply a country that grants their citizens constitutional rights or legal rights that they then decline and refuse to teach their yeah. citizens about 
has not granted any rights or protections at all. How are you supposed to exercise the rights you are allegedly given if you are given no easily accessible or forced information, right? We all had to sit through math as a kid. Yeah, you might not be good at times tables, but you remember a time, okay? It was in front of your face. You had no choice. You had no Mm -hmm. choice. Why we don't prioritize that, I would rather a a 14-year-old young kid in Mm -hmm. our country know that they have the right to refuse consent to a search and they have a right to leave if a law enforcement officer stops them on the street so long as they ask them if they are free to leave and they say, yes, you can leave. You do not have to talk to them. I would rather have them know that than know that there are three branches of government. If I had to pick, if you held a gun in my head and said, pick which one, I would say, yeah, "Yeah, the first one for sure. Like, who cares? Like, you know what I mean? Like, yes. Oh, basic, basic information, history Mm -hmm. about our country. I'm like, we could, we could filter it and I can prioritize the things that are actually going to Mm -hmm. devastatingly impact them. And what's unfortunate too is, you know, like you said, people act or delay or ignore or are in denial or, or, or just don't even know where to get help. Mm-hmm. And so they wait, they wait on it or, or, you know, they ignore it or, you know, they, they get a notice. They don't really know what it means. And, and, and because of that, that decision, which hinges upon a lack of information can impact yeah. and have a horrible impact on so much of their business of their life. Mm-hmm. And they didn't even realize it. They would yeah. never have realized it. And it's, yeah, don't even, don't even <laughs> So well, I it, hope, yeah. you know, I hope, I hope that in in what I do with what I do, it it, it will somehow, some way, get information in front of people's faces who need it the most. Yeah, and I think it's leading to the gap in trusting police. It's leading to the gap of trusting politicians because the how it all works isn't clear. So there's such an imbalance. They don't know um, how it works either. I'm going to stop you right there. I apologize for interrupting. But on on God, on, oh my Lord, on whichever God you pray yeah. to, they are the last people to ask about laws and how the system works. Uh, no offense, but also full offense. I can tell you for sure that, right, I went to school, four years of undergrad, three years of law school, six months to take the bar and then pass the bar and get sworn in. Okay, so seven and a half years total just to have the ability, the right to argue about the laws in court without a weapon. The average amount of training, the average out of all of the police academies in the United States, and this is a factual statistic, the Mm -hmm. average amount of training for a basic officer on the field is 10 to 12 weeks average to learn not only the laws that they're supposed to enforce that I just said took me, se- took me right seven years. Yeah. If we want to cut out undergrad, okay, three and a half years, okay, to get down. And I had to get a license about and take a test about. They have 10 to 12 weeks to do all of the weapons training that they do. Everything else that goes, goes on and is related to being a, a police officer, that's included in that. How can can they have the right mm-hmm. to enforce the laws with a weapon in public? And I can't even argue about them in court with one, yeah. right? Politicians are not the one who write the laws that they pass. Lawyers are. They, mm-hmm. they hire lobbyists, they hire lawyers to write these laws, to do all these checks, okay? Yeah. And politicians, they have to get reelected. They don't even, they, they have no idea the law, right? The laws that they're no. passing are all politically motivated. And 
most of the law in this country is all judge made. It's case law. It's mm-hmm. not based on a statute that I could cite to that, you know, yeah. John, Dick and Harry voted in in the 70s. Though That's like rare and you know, few and far between. All of the interpretations and applications and hard black letter laws of, about the Constitution, about statutes that maybe mm-hmm. Congress has passed is all lawyers, judges, lawyers and judges. We're the ones who figure it out. We're the ones mm-hmm. who are on the land- landscape and the front lines of our rights, of our laws, of what's happening. So, you know, obviously as an attorney, I might be biased, but also <laughs> as a person, I also know when things are right and when things are wrong. And that's, I think, what bothers me the most is, of mm-hmm. course, people aren't going to have trust in their politicians or law enforcement. They're, they Honestly, from a lawyer, they don't have a reason to. I don't have a reason to. I don't want to go into politics for that reason. I think I can do more here. I think that doing more here is such a a big declaration. I think that there are so many people taking actions every day that are making our communities better. It's part of why we started this podcast, that we hear about these people who get regular media news cycle time from the celebrity side to the politician side. And what are they really doing to impact people's lives at a deep and meaningful way and change things? Because it's so much easier to change your house and then your neighborhood and then your town and like go up that way. And I think people forget that we the lack of interest in local elections and what's actually happening fr- from even like development laws, housing, uh, zoning, everything people get all mad when they're like, how did that building show up? And it's like, you never went to a town hall meeting. Like you, can you be mad? And then it's also like, were we even invited to your point? Right. I think it's really interesting. I'm single and I don't have kids and I have no idea what's happening in the town that I live in unless I go out and find it because so much of the information usually passes through the school systems. Right. And it, right. it's so weird to be disconnected. I'm like, how can I know more about what's happening to a random influencer in France? And I don't know what's happening in my own backyard. Right. And and that's a product truly of our social media age, I think. I think one of the drawbacks of it is that we have now gotten comfortable comfortable that whatever news and information we want to see, we're going to see. And that's not the reality of it, especially locally. You are Mm -hmm. seeing what's on your algorithm based on a million different data data points. And and the likelihood that you're going to even know because it comes up to you against your will on your feet about a town hall meeting that's going to impact your neighborhood is slim. It's unlikely. And, And our society, I think in every society, in every world, there's an inherent in being a citizen and being someone who wants to be involved and make a change, the requirement that you act, the requirement that you go out and find the trouble, you go out and find the problems, you go out and become the solution. And people, you know, tell me all the time, talk to me all the time, like I said, about getting into politics, politics, politics. And for me, I think that people who aspire to be the president, for example, or a a very, you know, Senate, Mm -hmm. United States, House of Reps, Congressperson. That's awesome. And I'm so happy that that's your dream. But I don't think that people changing and making beautiful changes in the little lives around them is any less important. Because in order to even create 
the society that we have, the country that we have, it's all a culmination of the t- of the town hall meetings, of the hundreds upon thousands of town hall meetings, of the people passing out flyers, of the people on the street going, I really want the mm-hmm. sidewalk fixed, of the people on the street just doing something kind for their neighborhood. It doesn't have to be politically related or motivated, even just spreading information, right? Mm-hmm. The way that so many creators do online, but also people do in their own schools, among their friend groups and their families, giving them information yeah. about racial disparity in our justice system, giving them information about trans rights and abortion rights and why the Supreme Court opinions are so devastating to so many more privacy rights outside of abortion than we can even imagine. People who are even just doing that and not thinking that it's making a change plant seeds that will grow for hundreds of years in my hope and my dream. And it's my hope and my dream, but also I know that that's how Mm. it works because why I'm sitting right here in this chair right now is because a bunch of women hundreds upon hundreds of years ago started getting the wheels turning and yeah. saying, damn, wouldn't a girl with some vocal fry and a hard wing <laughs> liner look so good in this courtroom that I'm not even allowed to go in yet because women aren't even allowed to walk in and observe? Wouldn't it be crazy? And now here I am. Yeah. Well, and then people forget that like my mother couldn't open a bank account by herself until she was like 20 something. My my grandmother was a single mom of three kids. And and I talked to her and asked because when I started learning more about how limited women's rights were, single women's rights were in the 60s yeah. and 70s beyond even what we can imagine. She said, oh, yeah. And you're ostracized. Mm-hmm. Like you are ostracized yeah. as a single mom. No one, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's it's absurd and, and insane that we yeah. don't teach that in school. Like, I didn't learn that in yeah. U.S. history. I learned yep. it from social media, probably, at some yeah. point. Well, when the fact that we forget so quickly, like, the idea that, you know, women's rights in particular have, are just like a thing that exists. The, the Equal Rights Act has not been passed yet. It's not solidified anywhere. To your point, it oh. goes back to all the decisions. So... It's it's so I don't think we realize how like vague <laughs> some of these things that we think are just how I'm like, no, that's a cultural thing. That's not a legal thing because they're so different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, so, of course, this is an easy segue into what does it mean to you to be a powerful lady? To be a powerful lady is to protect yourself and protect others with vigor, with confidence. Mm-hmm with unapologetic determination and with respect where it's due and with awareness when it's not. Who are the women in your lives that have really allowed you to get to where you are today? My mom and my sister, absolutely. They have built me into who I am. Uh, I am simply a sample of their personalities, of their senses of humor. My mom raised three kids. Uh, she very much broke the mold in her family for for you know how her kids are going to be raised and 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 what they're going to do. And my parents, both of my parents, my mom and dad, truly had no idea what they were dealing with. I came out of my mom like a bat out of hell and <laughs> gave them a, gave them a run for their money, and they ultimately let me fly around and let me do what I needed to do to be 
to be present and to fill space and to be loud and opinionated and to make mistakes and to figure out who I am and who I want to be and who I'm growing to be every day Mm -hmm. until I die. And yeah, I'm so thankful for them. We ask everyone on the podcast where you put yourself on the powerful lady scale. If zero is an average everyday human and 10 is the most powerful lady you can imagine, where would you put yourself today and on an average day? 12. On an average day, 12. Yeah. Because, and and the reason why, the reason why I say that is because everything I do, I I learned this from my good friend, Delara, uh, who's also a a lawyer and and mm -hmm. creator on, on TikTok. Um, she told me that everything she does and everything we should think to do, we should judge through the eyes of our 80-year-old self and our 8-year-old self. Mm-hmm. And if my 8-year-old self met me today, she would lose her mind and rate me a 12, <laughs> rate me a 12 every day, even though, okay, mm-hmm. maybe a lot is happening for me to maybe not necessarily rate myself that, but Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If my eight-year-old self's going to rate me that, I'm going to rate me that. My 80-year-old self yep. is going to be in a crop top on <laughs> on the next new app when when the world heats up and it's 110 degrees everywhere because of climate change going, oh my God, look how cute I was. Like, look at how cunty I was <laughs> on this app. I, yeah, she would rate me a 12 too. So mm-hmm. I got to, I got to give myself what they'd give me. I know for myself that whenever I can feel that eight-year-old me is proud, like it's a good day. Like, and absolutely. Every day, every day is a good day then. Because genuinely, Mm -hmm. sometimes surviving a day, getting through a day, even if it was the worst day of your life, getting through, going to bed, waking up the next, proud. Yeah. Well, and I think also there's, I talk to a lot of clients about that space. It actually allows us to find what people should do for their business or how to get back to what's more in alignment with them. Because there's that beautiful space of, having your imagination and still believing anything is truly possible because it is. And also being like one foot in the adult world where you know how things work. Like you can make your own breakfast at that point. Like you might be able to, at least when I was a kid, you could ride your bike and there weren't cell phones. You could go dark for a day. Um, It's like an interesting balance. And I think there's so many times as adults that we just carry shit that we don't need to. That's so not serving us. And taking away that spirit. And I think that's also what I find really admirable about you is that like your spirit is so forward facing and it's powerful, but not in a scary or aggressive way. It's just like, as you said, like you're taking up the space that you were given. And I wish more people were doing that because imagine if everyone was taking up their space and doing their thing and being self-expressed in that way. Like there's so many societal problems that are are tied to just the lack of that, I think. So thank you for doing that and reminding us how much room there is for us to still take up in the world. Thank you. I I appreciate it. And, and, you know, I I did not be that. I was not this. I was not this from the time I was a kid. I was always, my personality was always the same, but I have been violently embarrassed I was bullied as a kid, as we all were. We were, I was unsure. I was not as forward facing, like you said, which I really love that that term. I I strive to and always want to grow into 
being as forward facing as I possibly can. And so I'm happy that that that's what has come across because truly I used to be backward facing and and it took many years of pain and struggle and finding myself and messing up and surrounding myself with people who didn't serve me and then and then, you know, scratch that off the board and move and keep moving on. It took so many years for me to slowly turn around and look at what could be if I simply just let myself be be vulnerable and let myself mm-hmm. be unapolog- unapologetically myself because ultimately whatever you are whoever you are whatever your spirit truly genuinely is without mm-hmm. filter is going to attract those who recognize it those who yes. see it those who love it those who mesh with it really well but you're never going to attract them if you don't show what that spirit mm-hmm. is it's never going to work out it's never going to be what it's meant to be unless you start just letting yourself be as you are but also in fill every single corner of the space that you're in Mm -hmm. it there's so many access points to just living a fuller life that way you know why why are we trying to be anyone we're not um that sense of scarcity that if we are who we really are we're going to scare people away or we're going to hurt people it's just, it's like one of the worst stories we tell ourselves and that society has allowed us to think is possible, right? There's, I, there was a quote that I saw recently, I'm totally going to butcher it, but it was talking about how when somebody asks us to define our personality, it's usually words that other people have told us about ourselves. They're never words that we've chosen or, have, or would have self-identified with otherwise. And one of those words is for me is like responsible. I have all my shit together. I am a full-fledged adult. I have businesses. Like I am responsible, but being responsible doesn't mean that I have to hold responsibility for everyone else. And that's one of the things that I have like learned as an adult. And I still need to keep checking myself with clients. Like, hold on, am I taking their business and holding all of that for them? Like, how do I empower them? And yeah, I think just anyone doing that self-discovery of like, what are those words that you don't want to be described as anymore? And how do we let them go? Right. You never want to be described as the benefit that someone receives from you. You never want to be described Mm -hmm. as the task you've completed for someone. Yes, you might have completed those things out of love or because you're a fantastic businesswoman or because, you know, they're your client and you're doing a good job. It it could be for so many reasons. But but the core of those things that we do, the reason why you're responsible, the reason why I'm responsible, the reason why I, you know, am able to manage my clients and, and make sure they're listened to isn't isn't because of the task or that trait. It's because at my core, right, I'm empathetic or mm-hmm. I have love and care for someone else. Every yeah. time anyone ever described me as responsible with respect to right, like outward facing things, I'm like mm-hmm. word. And then if you turn the corner <laughs> and look inside my room, you'd say, when was the last time you you did laundry? Is your driver's yeah. license three years expired? Ignore it. Like just, yeah. I just didn't have time to go to, right? Like, like and, I, and so I think, I think recognizing who you are and how you would describe yourself if you met yourself, how you would describe yourself if your eight-year-old self, again, eight-year-old self would describe you, most of the time, if not every single time, it's going to be words that really are truly who you are. Yeah. You know, as you are jumping between being a content creator and being an attorney, both of which require way more time than I think anyone has human capacity for. How are you giving back to yourself? What does self-care look like? How are you being social and appreciating life as it's going by? 
I appreciate you asking that because most of the time the question is I is that, that people ask me is how do you do it? And it's always <laughs> I don't fucking know. Like I lied to uh, riddle yeah. me that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, my sister recently moved in with me. She just graduated from college, is going to grad school to be a child speech pathologist. She's a rock star. And she has witnessed firsthand like what goes into all of this and an yeah. attorney is everything behind the scenes in front of the scenes. And she just wide eyes is like, so what time did you go to bed last night? I'm like, don't worry about it. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Just turn your fan on. Okay. It's, it was quiet. Uh, self-care for me is reading books. Mm-hmm. That's so obscene and offensive to every attorney on, on this chat right now because all <laughs> we do all day is read and write and read and write. But for me, everyone who dives into reality TV, right? Love Island, Bachelor, mm-hmm. Love is Blind. It's, it's an escape, not because it's an Emmy-winning show, not because you think it's the best piece of entertainment you've ever watched. Mm-hmm. It's because it's it's easy. It's easily yeah. digestible in your brain. And it's just nice and fun and comforting. And for me, growing up as a kid, books were always that. Books that very much like if you looked at my Kindle, I'd have to shoot you. Like it is everywhere <laughs> from right, like high adult fantasy books, romance books, of course, but also, you know, but Cormac McCarthy, like very deep, very, mm-hmm. very beautiful. The Nightingale, Kristen Hanna, stunning, right? Sobbing in my mm-hmm. bed at 3 a.m. I read fan fiction. I'm on AO3. I'm on, I'm on, you know, mm-hmm. um, literally book talk, every type, every type of literature that is, that mm-hmm. is fun and, and enjoyable. That's what self-care looks like to me, honest mm-hmm. to God. And, um, just, being outside, being in the water, being on the beach, being being um, anywhere that isn't in front of a screen. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's, I also sort my day from like screen to not screen. And a, a good day usually has the least amount of screen time possible. Um, As a lawyer, I, I can't relate because everything <laughs> is on my screen, but like, love that for you. <laughs> well, no, I, I don't really, I just want, I just, it, honestly, I, I know someone, I know more mm-hmm. than one person, but one person for sure who's like, it's verifiable. She had 20-20 vision going into law school. She went into law school at like 27, 28. Okay, her eyes were grown. Her eyes were good. Her eyes were solid. Uh, yeah. By the end of her second year, glasses. Mm-hmm. Fun. Yeah. Fun. So that's in my future. Yeah. Even though I'm already no. blind. I'm already blind. <laughs> I was already blind anyway. I wear contacts every day of my life. So I was like, oh, I'm good then. Like, ha, I win. As if that's a win. Yeah. <laughs> No, and, and I say the screen time thing coming from someone who is on my computer all day, who is on Zooms all the time, who will forget to put my blue light blocker glasses on because I'm on a Zoom and then you can't see me. You just see blue squares. So it's every moment that I'm not here is so precious. And mm-hmm. I, someone laughed at me the other day, like, you just printed out that entire contract to read. And I'm like, yeah, because I don't want to screen and I have used recycled paper and I will recycle this paper, but mm-hmm. me and my highlighter are going to go sit on the couch. <laughs> right. And and that's why so many um, older attorneys, older judges are still on the I require hard copy tra- train, right? Yeah. And honestly, so fair. You have moments. Mm-hmm. There are so many moments, right, where sometimes the boomers yeah. have a point. Uh, one, you know what I mean? Like with that, for sure, if it's an yeah. 130, I mean, I mean, I just turned before I popped on this interview, I was looking at a 135 page document objections to evidence that I was drafting up. Right. And of mm-hmm. course, when I, like I gave it to my boss, he's like, yeah, can you just, I can't like I just print it, print it and I'll flip through and fair, 
Fair mm-hmm. enough. I support yeah. that. Even though, yes, <laughs> right. Recycle your paper, all of that, everything. But yeah, look, we got to do what we got to do. We we do. And we need to give ourselves so much grace, right? Like we're everyone's trying. Everyone's doing what they can. Can we we can all do more. But at what mm-hmm. cost? And mm-hmm. so the the elusive balance, like I hate the phrase work life balance. It assumes that work isn't part of life. And it's like, no, what is what does flow look like? What is feeling complete for the day look like? And yeah. it's hard, especially if you like what you do, because mm-hmm. I will get sucked in and be like, oh, my gosh, like, I cannot believe I worked that late. Like, I wasn't supposed to. But no one no one told me to stop today. But we'll I think I think tomorrow. That's that. I think that's kind of a problem with a lot of our culture and society is that it, just like you said, work is so separated as like a black hole against mm-hmm. life. When in reality, you spend probably at minimum 70 percent of your entire life at work. And I know that yeah. might sound to some people as horrifying. Right. Especially mm-hmm. so many people don't like their jobs, don't enjoy what they do, et cetera, et cetera. But but truly to get through this life, to get through it, to make it through the day, you can't always just look for the time when you're not working and you're in life because you're in life every second of your day. And even though Mm -hmm. I probably five years from now won't remember what I did on August 9th, 2023 (laughs) at 2 p.m., I can at least right now in this present moment today know that even though the 135-page objections that I'm drafting not fun. I'm not having a jolly good time about it. I can at least have camaraderie with the people I'm working mm-hmm. with, have a good laugh, make sure yeah. that people feel good who I'm working with, my paralegals, my secretary, anyone from the janitor to the to to the receptionist, anyone that I yeah. encounter in my day, if I can just make their life a little better or crack mm-hmm. a laugh with them or go on TikTok and DM someone back and and have a jolly good time, throw someone a nice comment, that to me is part of life. And if mm-hmm. that is part of my work too, then fantastic. They're all, they're one and the same. Yeah. For everybody who would love to connect with you, support you, collaborate, hang out, where are all the places they can find you and support you? Absolutely. Um, at Reb Maisel, R-E-B-M-A-S-E-L on TikTok, on Instagram. And then my podcast is The Rebuttal Podcast. It is on every streaming platform and on YouTube. I'm posting an episode tomorrow. I don't know when this episode right now, currently that we're recording is going to be live, but it's going to be live and it's a good one. So <laughs> check it out. Say hi. I would love that. Okay. Amazing. And then we've also been asking everyone for our final question today. What do you need? What is on your to-do list, your manifest list? This is a powerful, connected community. And I really believe that we never know who has that next key that we're looking for. So what do you need? What do you want? What do I need from the community or in general? In general, yeah. Mm -hmm. I simply need the people who are part of this community, truly. Whatever good feelings they're feeling or whatever happy they're feeling, I want them to express it to the women around them, to the women online, to me, if you want. But truly, this sounds like such a bleeding heart selfless, like kitschy thing. But genuinely, honestly, what I want and what I need is for every single woman that I see that comes across my feed that I encounter in the grocery store that I encounter in my job in the legal field in my life to not see me as being unapologetically myself in my space as something novel. Mm -hmm. I really just need 
to be one of a million. And I know there are so many of you out there. Pass it on. Pass that energy on. That's what I need. Love that. Thank you so much for your time today and sharing your wisdom and your perspective with us. We really appreciate it. Um, I'm really excited to hear what everyone say about this episode. So thank you. Thank you for having me. All the links to connect with Reb Maisel and the Rebuttal Podcast are in our show notes at thepowerfulladies.com. Please subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening and leave us a rating and review. Come join us on Instagram at Powerful Ladies. And if you're looking to connect directly with me, visit caraduffy.com or cara underscore duffy on Instagram. I'll be back next week with a brand new episode. Until then, I hope you're taking on being powerful in your life. Go be awesome and up to something you love.